But if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, what we're doing is really from a book from John Grisham called Skipping Christmas, where the characters in that book, uh, they have calendar anxiety and all the things that are going on in their life. They come up with the bright idea that they were going to skip it all and redeploy their time and their energy, their money, and go on a Caribbean uh, cruise over Christmas. And the stories, sort, sort of the comedic, uh, there are comedic adventures and mishaps. And, but while I was reading the book, uh, about, I guess probably about two months ago, I began to ask the question, what if God skipped Christmas? Or what if God skipped at least a portion of, of, of Christmas? And so each week, through the lens of a different character or a different part of the Christmas story, we're asking that question. So two weeks ago, we looked at the Magi. Magis were, were people who were seekers a, in the world, and they looked for those things in the natural world to give them help, to give them aid, maybe to give them direction. Last week, we looked at Joseph, and Joseph is a perfect example of what it's like for a person who's, who, whose life doesn't go as, as planned. And so what do you do? How do, how do you operate with that? How do you even, how, how do you even function? And, and today we're going to look at it from the shepherds. And so if you, have, if you have your Bibles or you can grab the Bible that's next to you, if you want to turn to page 856, or you can, uh, you, you can look at the screen if that's easier for you. But we're going to look at the part of the Christmas story. It's, it's Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 8 through 20. And so in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. And when the, angel, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up those things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So now, John, I know that you and I have talked a little bit about this passage. And uh, I know this week you've spent some time studying the passage. What stands out to you uh, just when you think about this passage, at least through, through the, when we talk about the shepherds? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, you look right here in this verse, verse 10, and the angels said to them, the, um, the shepherds, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. It, I think what sticks out to me in this passage is the fact that the shepherds are part of this announcement story. Um, the angels appear to them, and the angels say, for behold, which is a fancy word that says, looky here, uh, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. I mean, if you, in the whole corpus of the uh, birth announcement story, um, Zechariah and Elizabeth, when it comes to John the Baptist, um, Mary and Joseph, they seem like they would be, um, well, they would be good folks to announce. They, would, they should be a part of this birth announcement story, right? But the shepherds, they just don't fit in. 
They don't fit into this major scope. You, you might uh, find folks like uh, announcing it to Mary and Joseph. Of course, Mary and Joseph should know about the birth announcement, okay? But, uh, but the, the, uh, the shepherds, they just, they just don't fit in. They're, they're the odd ones out. They're, they're the ones who are on the, in the society of first century AD. They're on the margins. Um, and, and shepherds were not only, there weren't always sheep owners, the sheep owners might hire shepherds to take care of the, the sheep, their sheep. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a hard job because sheep are a major part of the commodity in uh, near the first century AD and earlier than that, whether it's for food and milk or whether it's for wool and their skin, um, it, it's, it's a major uh, product in the economy. Um, the shepherds were really diligent and vigilant about keeping their uh, sheep safe, or if it's, even if it's not their sheep, if they were entrusted to keep someone else's sheep safe. And, uh, and so you see that the, uh, this, this passage, it just, it just seems like this would not be the normal person for um, the birth announcement to come to. Um, and I think it's what's interesting about this is that in, in this passage, once again, we say, for unto you, this very particularized message of the angels is born this day in the city of David, a savior. And, and what I didn't know about this passage that Shane was talking uh, earlier this week was um, during this time, Caesar Augustus was being announced and, and over the you know, four or five years leading up to this. And the way that he was announced is he was announced as the savior. So here comes the angels in this proclamation of Caesar being announced as the savior, the one who has ushered peace into the world. And this announcement was uh, trickled down. It went to the movers and shakers. It went to the city gates. It went to the religious leaders. It went to those people who were elders and those people who were business owners. And that message went to those folks because it just seemed right to get the message out. You know, if, if, if Caesar was the savior, uh, you know, believed to be a demagogue or part of, of deity, he was the savior of, of the people of Rome and the empire of Rome. Isn't it interesting that at the same time, Jesus is announced as savior. Now, we, we don't use this vernacular that much. I mean, I, I don't know outside of my, my worship and, and my religious, my, my faith and my walk with God, I don't use the word savior much. I, I don't, um, I, I just, I don't, do you? Uh, I, 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 I don't. would like to come up with something that would I be know, really, I, I, on the spot. But, but not so much. It's not yeah, scripted no, here. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> you, you but know, you, uh, we, we, don't, we don't do this that much. I think we implement that for the staff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I think that would be a, that'd we, be a good title. We don't do this in our vernacular, but everybody in first, don't miss this, everybody in first century AD, they understood what Savior meant. Because it was pronounced and announced and to the world that here comes Caesar, the one who would be the Savior, who would usher in peace. It was going to be good news that Caesar was a part of their world and their leadership. And so it, it seems so appropriate that Jesus is announced as the Savior, the one who would be ushering in this good news. Um, and this very emphatically in the language in the text is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so 
in a very, uh, to a very insignificant people. This is the reality, the low on the totem pole. Um, God uh, doesn't skip the shepherds. And, and I wonder um, what this says about the shepherds, what this says about God's value system, um, and maybe even about the type of Savior Jesus would be. Yeah, I think you're spot on because, you know, you have this major announcement to all people, the shepherds, not to the ones that you think it would go to. Uh, these people are below on the totem pole. They're, you know, just day laborers more than anything else. And, and yet they're included in the story and, and for a reason. I think what this does is it definitely does give us insight into the value system of God, that God, it's uh, that God cares about all people, not just those that are the, the high and mighty, but even those that might be marginalized in a, in a society, maybe on the fringes, but even, even on the fringes in the church. I mean, there's one thing that we could say, we could look in just out at large, say outside the walls of this place, and, and see the people that are either, that we either, maybe sometimes even don't see. That would be the shepherds. And yet God sees them, so much so that he announces the birth of Christ to them. And, and, and then what about this? I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier this week. Um, and I was sharing with you about when, when I was in seminary. Uh, I wonder about the people who maybe in, from their own perception, they are self-marginalized even inside the church. And, and let, me, let me see if I can explain this a little bit. I think sometimes there's a number of us who maybe even in this, this room here or later on maybe in the sanctuary who everybody else we think are the holy ones sitting around us. But we don't see ourselves that way. Or, or we think that, every, that God definitely will accept everybody else, but maybe not me. I, I told John when I was in seminary, um, I, I would walk down the hall. We went to the same school, just separated by a few years. And one of the main buildings is sort of four buildings connected together. And I would walk from the, the library down and, and through in, to where at the, we didn't have emails. So I had to actually go to the post office to get letters, you know. And, and, uh, and so I'd go to the post office. And all these people, they were quoting from all these theologians and, you know, just regurgitating all this Greek, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go sit in the corner at the kitty table. You know, that's really where I belonged. And, uh, and so for a long time, I mean, not just while I was in, in, in seminary, but even after ordained, it was like all these guys are the really good ministers. You know, I'm, I'm still going to be just kind of over here in the side area. And so I think sometimes we do that. Maybe not marginalized in a society, shepherds were, but maybe from our own eyes, marginalized in the church. We look around and think, oh, you know, that's, uh, this guy's teaching or, or that person's doing this. Or, or, and, and so we, everybody else is good and deserves the announcement, but me. I mean, is that anybody here? And so the fact that the shepherds are mentioned, that's good news. Because it gives you insight into God's value system. Not only that, it gives you insight into the type of, of ministry, the type of Savior that Jesus is going to be. Because if we fast forward about 30 years, 
It's only two chapters in the Gospel of Luke. So we leave chapter 2 when he's being born, and then you go to chapter 4 when he begins his ministry. And so Jesus began his ministry. He walks into the synagogue in Capernaum. Some of you have walked on those rocks. You've seen it. You've walked through the door. They, they've, they've unearthed the actual rocks of Jesus. You can actually get from about here to the advent wreath away from them. So you know what it looks like. And he sat down, which is what rabbi teachers did. They would sit to teach. And he opened up a scroll, not just any scroll, the scroll of Isaiah. And this is what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to, pro- to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Flavor. Favor. Get it right. Those are the marginalized. And it's not just people that we think are maybe living on the side of an interstate. It's the people that might be sitting next to us. And they're mine. They don't have a spot at the table. And so the fact that the shepherds are mentioned, it's good news. They have a seat at God's table. If we were to go back to Matthew's gospel and look at Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, it's not blessed are those that are powerful, blessed are the strong, blessed are the rich, blessed are the people that have influence over everybody else. That's not it. It's blessed are the poor, the mournful, the meek, the hunger, the, the ones that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, the merciful, the peacemakers. To use Luke language, blessed are the shepherds because they are welcome at the table. So if you ask me, is it important that God not skip this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because one way or another, we're shepherds. So obviously what we would do whenever we preach, we want to look at the text and see what it says, but we also want to make application to our own life. So what would be one application that you, would, you could see in, from this passage and, and God's value system and the shepherds and what type of Savior Jesus is going to be? How do we bring it home to our own life? Well, I, I, um, I'd have to lean into the fact that Life and Christmas can get so blurry of all the things that have to be done. I mean, these, these shepherds, they, what they could have said is, you know, this is a great announcement, but I got sheep. I have a responsibility that I need to take these sheep and care for them. Will not the baby be there in the morning? Is it, is it okay that I just kind of stop right here and, um, and kind of rationalize the announcement of what God is doing, out, even outside of this, this, this greater um, announcement uh, that what it would mean, not just for us, but for all people? I think they could have, they could have, have, uh, have, have done that. And, and the fact that the angels actually did not expect the... Um, the uh, shepherds just to take their word for it, but to go. And, and you will find here, I'm going to tell you, not, not just to take our word for it. Go and look. Go and experience this. And um, they look after the angels, uh, you know, um, leave. And they, they look at each other and they say, well, 
let's go. And you don't hear anything about that. And for me, the application for me is how quickly the task list and of everything about this great and momentous moment, this time-splitting event when it comes to the incarnation and the birth of Christ, what it means to us, it's easy for me to see it from a distance of 2,000 years. And I read about it, and it's always about them. It's always about the, the, the announcement to the shepherds or the magi or to um, the, uh, Mary, Joseph, and, and, the, and the people who heard that message. And, I, and it's tough for me to see myself in that and, and to, to experience it. You know, we hear the message, but to see myself in that moment, to say, what is the significance of, of not only just the the shepherd's not here. What if God skipped over me? What if God skipped over my family and said, this message is not for the fuse. This message is for the movers and shakers. This message is, is for the people who, who are able to get a message out. But hearing that message and, and receiving that message at the same time, I can't, I can't do anything but lean into it and experience it and to go and see and we although we can't go and see the the manger and and the the uh, the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes we do though have this opportunity to go and see how God's value system and how God's message of good news and how God even through our our small groups with Luke what we see over and over again is that people have sacred worth in the eyes of God and maybe to experience, maybe, maybe the, the wall that we need to get over or chip through and try to see through this, this barrier is maybe just us getting and, and gravitating towards the fact that you and I, we have sacred value. That because we breathe, we are worth it. And so the application here of this message is one of good news. But it's not for somebody else. How quickly it is we're able to say, well, you know, the Smiths or the Joneses, they, they deserve the good news. I don't. I've messed up. I am broken. And I can't be a part of this good news or at least be a proclaimer of God. God's going to choose somebody to see ourselves as men and women, boys and girls, who are recipients, who's on God's list for us. To receive this birth announcement. Yeah, you know, they, they hear it, and then they have a, a level of courage to go and find. Yeah. And in that experience, um, you know, it started out with they're, they're fearful, but they end with joy. Don't miss that in the passage. And so you hear often, but at some point, we're going to have to be like the shepherds and go and seek and find. And in that experience the joy. I think in that whole experiencing process, not only is there fulfillment and joy, but we have a tendency to move and gravitate toward the same value system of God. And so the same God that seeks after to save the lost and, 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 and offer a place at the table, we find that we're there and we adopt his way. Shepherds were not skipped. And that's good news because you're not skipped either. Let's pray. Lord, as we 
read this passage, and like John said, it's easy to keep it all at arm's length, and sometimes we do that because of our calendar. Sometimes we do it because we're familiar with the story. And yet, what's asked of us is the same that was asked of them, is to go and find. And so, Lord, even if that's something that is uh, not something that's geographical, where we go from, say, the field into Bethlehem, but maybe it's a journey inside of our heart. Whatever it may be, oh God, we, we do want to, to, to break through that wall. We want to uh, be open to experience your love and mercy, to know it not just from something that's arm's length, but something that's firsthand. To maybe hold in our minds the idea of Jesus Christ being born unto us. And that this Savior that was announced to shepherds is also announced to us. In the same way that you moved into their life in such a way that created levels of joy, levels of faith, do that in us, O oh God. We want to be at your table. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.